conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. All right, listeners, welcome back. I'm super excited today. We are, we're going to stick with our COVID uh, episode here, and we're going to talk about COVID and specifically COVID for photographers. Um, I think it's, uh, we're in a little bit different area than some of the other vendors are on how we're going to handle COVID and what we need to do. And I'm super excited that we have a very, a, a wonderful photographer from Nashville with 16 years of experience. So she's pre-COVID knowledge and she's going to be COVID knowledge. And afterwards, she's going to be an expert, right? Like we all are. So everybody, please welcome. You've heard her introduction before, but please welcome to the show, Sarah Morrison. And she is the owner of Sarah Grace Photography. And again, 16 years in Nashville. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And I go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit, even though they got the interview from me, but I always like to hear your voice. Let them hear from your voice. 16 years, how you got here. Have you been in Nashville? Just give us a little bit of background um, so that we can then continue our conversation. But I want listeners to hear some, some things that just drive you in love about photography and that you've been chasing life for 16 years and, and how you got to doing that. Well, I think I've been chasing light my whole life. Aren't we? Um, I think any photographer would say the same thing. Um, it's what drives us. It's what moves us. And um, no matter what you're taking pictures of, um, I, I think it's just a, a passion. It's something that pulls you in. But more than anything, um, this was something I couldn't deny um, in my soul. So I had to, I had to pursue it. Um, I've been in and out of the Nashville market. I've been home base here in Nashville for four years. And um, I'm an army wife. So we have um, a very interesting, <laughs> interesting caliber of work uh, with our spouses, uh, traveling the globe, um, trying to keep our businesses alive while still coming back home to work in our place of origin. Um, so yeah, 16 years of doing this. Uh, I've got to photograph so many great, amazing people, but I would say that my love for people I, above everything else, above business, above money above anything else is what keeps me right here with my camera in my hands especially for weddings so oh my gosh yes exactly because i mean where else where else we do we it's such a privilege right to to witness this special day so they're in nashville um let's dive in how is yeah. affecting your business there in nashville and again 16 years so you've been in different markets so I'll preface it by saying you've probably had to restart for lack of a better word as you've moved around the country or do different things. How is COVID presenting itself to Nashville and what's just the general feel of the community there? What's everybody's vibe on it? Are they worried? Or are they excited now that things are opening up? And then from your experience, what do you think we're going on? How are we going to get there? I think uh, photographers, I think all vendors right. have an inherent joy 
because weddings are joyful. We are looking and craving connection. We want to be at weddings. We want to be out there with our couples. Uh, we want to be photographing the love they have. We want to celebrate them. Um, we want anything to celebrate. Right. Um, we are so joyful that things are opening at the same time, staying um, very aware of people's fears and caution and all of that and assuading those things anytime we can, making adjustments uh, where we can, but communication, communication, communication. I would say vendors here in Nashville are amazing. We all stay so communicative. We all work together, we cross promote. We want to highlight each other's work all the time, try to do everything we can to encourage each other because it's a team effort here in Nashville. And so have you guys been having little get togethers socially on Zoom social to talk about the state of the industry there and some of the things that you're moving forward to? And I guess specifically, how are you seeing the venues handling it? I mean, cause it's gonna, I think as photographers, you and I have to wait for everything else to kind of fall into place before we can actually do our job. So do you think, are you seeing vendors in the venue part of the community taking a lead, leading out first, or where, where exactly is everybody like driving for support to? I would say social media primarily. We're, we're transition. This is a time of transition. I feel, you know, when I reach out to vendors or when I've spoken to other um, venues primarily, um, it's, it's, it's a, Cautiously optimistic, right. I would say. Um, I, they are taking the lead because, as you know, that's the first thing you book, typically, right, is your right. venue. And they're having to adhere to all of the government guidelines um, and go the extra mile to make sure their brides feel safe um, and their vendors are safe and all of these other things. And it's not just safe but healthy. And there's so much misinformation, but I would say more than anything, um, they're just motivated to get back to work. The, you know, they want weddings to happen, so they're doing everything they can to uh, to facilitate to facilitate weddings. So, Sarah, if you don't mind sharing, how many weddings did you have planned for the spring that you've moved, and when was the last time you shot a wedding? Um, I had. Well, I have associate photographers that work for me. Right. So if you count those um, and all the other weddings, I had about 12 planned for the spring. Um, and all of them but one moved. Got you. Or canceled or breached contract or left um, or, you know, rescheduled or just, you know, sometimes they ghost you. Sometimes they don't know what to do. Plus these poor bride's hearts. I mean, I just, I feel for them. I really do. Um, they just try to figure out, you know, they're like a fish out of water, like we are. Um, but I got to work, um, on a wedding that was so near and dear to my heart. Um, Mindy and Lee, I have it highlighted on my Instagram right now. This couple, their home was destroyed by the tornado and they barely survived. And then their venue was destroyed by the tornado. Then... <laughs> They had a backup plan, all ready to go, and all of the venues, all of the restaurants, everybody shut down. And this poor bride was just crying on the phone to me, and I said, I am here for you. 
I stayed in constant communication, loved on her, and we had the most beautiful wedding day. It was an elopement in the park, in Centennial Park. Um, it lasted about 30 minutes, but I got there early. I had a friend make a cake, and I bought a great bottle of champagne for them, surprised them, um, pulled out extra details just because she didn't ask for it. You just do it. Right. And I just wanted to make it special. I wanted to give it everything she deserved. And I, ha I got there early and I talked to everybody in the park in that area and I told them their story. And wow. all of these strangers became guests. Yep. And as soon as they kissed, everybody cheered. There were people that would, because we have my videographer who's amazing and she's on staff with me. She came and did it even though we were all under quarantine, right? And it was like five people or less at that point. It was April 11th and um, she came and we managed social distancing, did everything we were supposed to do. And she got this video that will bring you to tears. Their vows were so amazing. But I would say that like imprinted on my heart and my memory for all of time. Um, Nashville Bride just picked it up um, and it was, it was totally epic, and there were five people there. Oh, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I need to do the listeners. I need to remind the listeners that, you know, Nashville, prior to COVID, got hit with a horrible tornado, like a devastation. There were parts of downtown that were devastated, and then we had COVID. And then just another big storm came through not too long ago. So these guys are really being tested. You know, the seasons that they're in down there are really being tested. So I, I forgot to let everybody know about that, that that's something else that the wedding vendors in Nashville are having to deal with. But this is affecting everybody in Nashville, whether tornado affected, glass, gladly, if I can use that word, not as many, but some are devastated and some lost their businesses and homes. But I also bring up, you talked about that, and I, and I know we'll get, I'll know I'll get that text and that angry. It boils down to less is more. And it boils down to, at the end of the day, it's about saying I do to your best friend. That's what it's for. We're blessed and privileged to be the historians that get to document that. But all the other things, and I say it all the time, we're a luxury. All they, all they had to do that day was have them two and them and that efficient. They didn't need to have you. They didn't have anybody else. So it brings it down to a level of love isn't canceled and love's worth the wait. But here we are in a midst of a, a, a crisis like this. And they had other things, factors. And we all have a story getting to the day that we say, I do. We all have a struggle. We all had how we got here. But to be able to be a part of that is why we do what we do and why most of us in the wedding industry are in it because we want to celebrate everybody and each other. So you had these weddings that, you know, moved and relocated and replaced. Did you, were you proactive? Did you reach out before this happened, Sarah, and said, hey, everybody, this is what we're doing or did you kind of wait and let your people call you? Or did they call you before you had a chance to reach out? So I will say, I want to add a caveat on that love isn't canceled. And, love, and I want to add a caveat. This couple are, first of all, I stayed in contact with them. Yep. Obviously reached out because their wedding was coming right up. Mm -hmm. um, and I will be honest, I photographed a wedding on March 21st. And it was a wedding of 20 people and it was beautiful. So like that was right after everybody shut right. things down. Um, so, and, and it was, it was very different, but it was fine. 
everybody was fine. I will say this though, that couple, I discounted their package just a little bit, not a whole lot, but they stayed true to their payments. They stayed true to the contract and they were very generous with me and my team. Right. So I appreciate so much the, the mutual agreement because that contract is in place and both parties keep right. the contract, right? It's not something that you can just bail on if it doesn't suit your exact perfect dream, right? Exactly. You have, you have to work with your vendors. You have to work with people and that requires communication. And so on your second question, yes, I distributed a Google on my Google listing and on my website even on my not profile, I put a, a COVID response basically is what I did. I said, Hey, we're still open. We're, this is what we're doing for our health. You know, especially for my young mothers who I had some portrait sessions for and things like that, apart from weddings, um, that were important. But, um, you know, and anybody asks me, I have a COVID response. I know exactly what I do. I have a whole plan and it makes people feel warm and fuzzy. But if you have any kind of education on germs, it is not the end all to be all. Right. So. Well, I was going to bring it yeah. up too, is when I, went to, when I went to pull up your website to start talking for earlier day, I saw right there on the Google that it said, businesses COVID response. And I mean, to me, that is proactive. And I think if any vendor, especially some newer ones, and I, I don't, we don't sit here and judge or pass judgment, but I think any new vendor that's entered this industry has to be scared mindless. The veterans like you and I are scared mindless, but a new person may not know that reaching out is okay because they don't have an answer because maybe they haven't even got weddings done yet. Maybe they haven't even done a lot. So you pride yourself by reaching out and you have that response. Now, did you come up with this COVID response on your own? Did you get information? So how did you decide what you were going to share with your couples? And is it more from a photographer's standpoint or is it just a general standpoint? I would say it's from a photographer standpoint. We have a unique connection to our brides. Not only do we tell their story, but besides the video, if they choose to have it, that's all they have left right. is the pictures, right? right? So we're also cl in close contact and we want to communicate. And it's kind of hard to communicate with a mask in your face or direct when you're using a 200 millimeter lens. So, you know, or, or however it is you choose to engage your couples in direct, right? When you're doing those photographs. Um, so I would say when I came up with my COVID response, um, it was generalized when I would speak to them, but on paper, I actually consulted my attorney and just said, Hey, what do you think I should say? Does this sound okay? Ran it by him. And he said, yeah, you want to keep it really general because it's a fluid ever changing thing. Right. And you just want to stay, you want to stay open. Obviously you want to use that big word open and then caveat the things that you're doing to assuage any kind of fears. And that also protects your team that you're doing, you're doing this in place. Um, I had a conversation early with a vendor and I asked, I think the priority still has to always be on us and our team. We have to make our team a priority because let's face it, Sarah, if, if we get stuck and can't be there, we can't be there for our vendor. So while I know that may go against the grain for how we talk about serving our couples, I think our responsibility is also to serve ourselves and our team members, take in consideration what we need to protect us so that we can serve. So I love the fact that you have that. Now, are you having your couples, if you don't mind sharing, 
sign a waiver? Um, are you and have you seen in Nashville? There's some other markets where venues are sending out to vendors. You guys must follow these guidelines, and you must also sign a waiver saying you're COVID free. So how are you approaching that? Do you send this guideline to your couples, and are you getting it from other vendors? So I'm not getting it from other, other vendors. I, I do have recommendations from any wedding planners. So anytime I work with a wedding planner, which I actually prefer to do, um, you know, and they're managing the wedding, they too have, you know, standards. Um, a lot of venues have new standards, but I would say I created a plan for myself and my team to protect me and my team. Right. Um, what I think is healthy and safe based on doctor, doctor recommendation, not necessarily the internet. Um, and I just want to protect them and then let them know that they are protected. Now I do issue to my couples exactly what we're doing and I'm very candid. So for example, I normally don't eat or or drink very much on a wedding day because I'm busting my butt as any photographer knows. Like we barely have time to take a bite of a protein bar. However, I have a timer on my watch and a a walkie talkie with my team because I always have a second shooter and an intern at every wedding and we all take turns. Now I've added additional personnel to weddings, believe it or not, I've added an intern to every wedding and then possibly even a third shooter so that we can take turns and we have wash hand breaks every 30 minutes. So everybody washes their hands, everybody washes their hands. And then for the last two weddings that I've done where I've been with team members, we all have hand sanitizer pumps, of course. Um, You know, we we can't prevent everything. There's things that, you know, we're not even thinking about, but um, proactivity, I think, and communication and letting brides hear your voice. Letting them hear that not only are you super joyful of their day, but you understand what they're going through and that you can agree on something if they want another caveat done on their wedding or they need an extra person, you know, make it work, make it work for their budget, make it work for what they're doing. Um, You know, this is a team effort. And I always tell my clients when I first talk to them, this is a relationship. This is not transactional. You're not, this is a huge investment. And I am worth it. So let's, let's build something. Let's build something that's going to last forever, you know, because I want to be there when you have your first baby and, you know, I want to be a part of your story. So keep that communication and that relationship. Because that's the, we're the family historians, you know, we're the wedding historians, but we're also the family historians. And a lot of us don't have the opportunity. You know, I'm in a market that is 95%, you know, destination. So I see Susie and Mark and then I don't see Susie and Mark again. I get to see them social media. And let's face it, there are some clients of mine that will fly me to New York to do a maternity photos. There are some of my clients who are like, absolutely no way I'm going to fly you to New York for that. And, and that's how we run in business. So, you know, putting those steps in place, they understand that we're investing in them as well. And this is how we invest back during COVID. We are covering our butts because we're working our butts off. And so we want them to be protected. I want to talk a little bit about how you're dealing with your equipment a little bit. This whole episode, listeners, in case you haven't figured out, is a photographer's take on COVID. That's why we're having the conversation with Sarah. So we have our gear and we set our gear down. You mentioned adding somebody in as an intern. I, when I get ready to go back, and I don't go back until August here, I'm going to have to have somebody like you. I'm bringing somebody on because 
I don't want to keep moving. I'm showing the video like I'm doing a video. I just was going to show Sarah something. How silly is that? Um, you know, you can tell you can tell I've been in Zoom Central too long, right? Anyhow, we have to do the lay flats. We have to do the invitation suites. I have to put my camera down. I often go and arrange those. Then I pick up my camera. Now in my head, I'm like, I just touched something and I have my hand by my head. Is that something you're thinking about? Are you going to be wearing gloves? I'm trying to figure out how I don't overthink that process of, is this invitation? Where's it been? Do I touch this invitation? What's it laying on? Am I better off to have somebody come and do all that moving and have that one person for me, the toucher? And I, I, I want to preface that phrase by not being mean or anything. I'm just saying one person's assigned to the one that is like, we have one person in our family to go shopping, one person that touches everything. How far have you thought about that? And, and just what's some of the care that you're taking on, on your body with your cameras and everything on you during that day? Well, first of all, before we go anywhere and do anything, um, at, at the end of every session, at the beginning of every session, our equipment is wiped down. Yep. Clorox wipes. I have Clorox wipes everywhere. <laughs> and everybody gets their own little baggie. Um, my intern is typically the person that touches all of the other stuff. Right. And they are very, they arrange everything Instagram worthy, you know, the way I like it. They know my standard operating procedure for all of that. Um, and then I come in and I take the shot. And I exit, they get all the stuff together and then they bring it back to the bride and groom and then they wash their hands. It's a specific, it's a specific standard. I would say SOP because I'm a military wife, but right. it's, it's a specific standard of operating. Um, most of my interns have been with me long enough to where they know exactly what they're doing in terms of their time management and what they need to do, but they're just setting me up for success. And I don't want to spend a ton of time thinking about what germs I'm touching and whatnot. I know what's on my camera. Now, I don't put my camera down. I keep it on my spider or I keep it on my person or the back, my back. Um, and I typically don't share cameras. That was, that's not something that I normally do. Actually, I sometimes I'll take my second shooters cameras or we intermix cameras or everybody's got a different lens. I've got six cameras at a wedding and then someone else's eyes are here and there. So when you really think about that, we have to have a lot more um, stringent rules about, okay, hey, we're not to use other people's cameras. It may take a little bit more time, which means we plan. Right. We pull that into the planning and we have a voice inside of any timeline. Um, I stress that with my brides, no matter what, I have to have input, if not control over your timeline. And I think we're going to- I know that's not- No, no. I mean, I'm saying we're going to have to add some time in there. We're going, the timelines that we wrote now won't be what we're going to deal with when we get back to the weddings and the weddings we have. But that was my next question. How do you see, especially prep? I think prep and wedding day details, that is going for the next several months, be a much longer process. Just listening to hair and makeup people. And again, I want to keep this more photographer, but it does affect us. We can't do some things until the makeup people get their things done. So the longer they're taking following their safety procedures, it backs us up. So I think our timelines have to be adjusted. And that's why I was wondering, it, it's, it's, it's how is it going to affect your shooting, knowing you have these things that you're thinking about, and how much more time do you think you're going to give yourself, and just the grace you're going to give yourself, 
in doing this, but I mean, it has to play a part in our heads for us to be conscious of it. But I also don't want it to overtake our creativity. And you have to have that balance in terms of, I got a degree at Baylor in, in biology. So it's odd that I'm a photographer. <laughs> I know because I've been shooting my whole life. I, I, I photographed during college, shooting during college too, right. but biology, I love it. So understanding all of those, you know, microbes, microbiology and all that stuff too. It's like, I don't want to be obsessive about it. Nobody wants to give into that fear. Right. At the same time, we want to be healthy. So if anything, we can learn from this time, this, this, our new normal essentially is, you know, let's, let's keep these new habits of cleanliness that we've instituted, right? But not go OCD and go crazy, but maybe be a little bit more diligent and proactive about cleaning our equipment, especially our offices and being careful. Um, I don't know about you guys or any other photographers, but any photographer I've talked to or worked with is, you are so focused on what you're shooting and you're so emotionally and physically involved all of your other bodily functions go away, like completely suppressed. Your creativity takes over completely and you surrender to it. And 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 it's what gives you life. And so for there to be something to interfere with that, I would say the number one thing that I've instituted and, and it does increase the budget, but I think it increases the budget in a good way is adding an intern or a third shooter. I think that's even better than adding extra time. Because you can use the time that you've given, like an eight-hour wedding, if you have an extra or third person delegating these specific tasks and giving them a mission-oriented objective on the wedding day. I I apologize for sounding so militaristic when I talk about a wedding day. I really am not. (laughs) That's why why you've been around for 16 years, why you're a talented photographer. People hire you for your experience and how you know how to do it. But I think you're right. The number of us that just drop our cameras onto our, our, our belts, onto our spiders. I hear people all the time go, you don't even look at that because it's so second nature. Our cameras are just an extension of us. And so one of the things is like, I was thinking when I go back to doing weddings, am I going to stop and go, oh, okay, where would that just at? Or don't come near me because like DJs, people come up to us. You know how it is. We walk into the room. I come in, hand cameras down. I come in open arm. Hi, everybody. This is who I am. I'm so thrilled to be here. I don't come in with my camera to my face and start firing off. I come in open heart, open arms, welcoming, saying I'm here to be of service to you, whatever you need. So you know immediately five, in five seconds, we got nine moms in our faces telling us all about the dress or how this was here. And, oh, did you know that was XYZ's grandmother's? So how is that changing what you do? And having that intern is a brilliant idea to be the person that comes in and kind of keeps your space away. And do you think that will change how we're perceived? Like the photographers always are kind of that aloof or don't mess with their creativity. Do you think that couples will start thinking, I know you're going to need more time. It's going to cost us more, but it goes back to what you said, educating on why we do what we do to get the best results and be best of service. Yeah. And I think they say, what I would tell my brides and what I have been telling them is like, guys, you're not going to go wrong with the third photographer there. And guess what? I'm going to discount it for you, but this is your insurance. That's how I always say it was like, this is like having an extra insurance policy. It's like, it's like buying Affleck for your wedding day, because not only do you have this, 
a great photographer because if they're working with me, they're not crap. Sorry. Um, you know, they're, they're amazing. They're quality and you're going to get all those extra pictures, but we don't have to extra. I mean, you know, like which, which is worse. Do you want to extra have extra time or an extra photographer? You get to pick. And the best I would say fix is a third photographer or an intern. And we have such a huge market for photographers right now, especially people just coming into this business, like you were talking about, scared out of their minds. Well, hey, come with us. Let's team up together. Let's find a way we can work together and make this still very joyful, but, but healthy. And I would say, I, I go away from that word with safe because I don't think anybody, you know, I think safe is not the right word. I think healthy. Right. Let's make this healthy for everybody. Let's make sure that we can still instill all the healthy practices. But on top of that, guess what? You're going to have more pictures. Right. So maybe it's worth a little bit more money. So if you can talk to your brides about that, they typically will bend, right. um, especially if they're going to get a better product and they're going to get more images of their day, which is what matters. Well, and if we've established ourselves as the educators and the experts, which is why they hire people like you and me, they're going to pretty much listen to our guidance. Well, and that also, that brings it to a little bit about we start doing these weddings and normal weddings, I don't know about you, but normal fall, I tell everybody, don't, don't shake hands. I don't do anything. I'm a wedding photographer. I cannot get sick in the fall. We're going to be slammed in the fall. We're going to be so busy in the fall that we're going to be working sometimes three weekends, three, you know, we're going to have where we might've already had a double wedding. Now we have a triple. So we have to be healthy and we have to put that in place for us. And I think letting people know that we will be wearing masks or we will have gloves on. This is just what we're doing for our protocol. I don't know that I'm to a point, this is just Bobby Brinkman speaking, that I'm going to insist, unless I have a venue, and, and right now here where I am in Georgia, we do have three venues that have sent out a list requiring, if you don't want to sign this form or do this, you'll need to remove yourself from the wedding day team. That'll be a different topic for another day. But so I have to look at that. But then I sit there and I think, okay, this is how I am. So now I'm the photographer and I now have a hair and makeup person in mask. I have some of the wedding party people in mask. I'm in the room where makeup's happening or, or the groom's getting ready. What is your take on number two things on here? The couple says, none of us are wearing masks, so we don't have to worry about it. The other ones are, we're all going to be wearing masks, but Sarah, I need you to Photoshop all this out. I mean, we're the historian, Sarah. So this is what's happening on your day. I think it needs to be documented. I think there should be some photos. I don't think every photo needs to be with a mask on, but I think there has to be something to be said. Not all the guests or everybody, but how are you going to deal with that? And have you heard that conversation yet about what are we going to do with all this extra stuff that we don't want in our photos? Well, I would say, first of all, contract modification. I think if anything, anybody's learned from this experience is look at your contract, make sure it's ice clear, transparent, you can see right through it, uh, crystal. And obviously there's so many resources. I have an attorney who I adore, but um, there's some great resources that you can go to online that have great contracts. Um, I would say if you know an attorney, pay the money, just have them look over it especially contract attorney, um, when it comes to masks and all these different things and different elements at a wedding and Photoshop, 
<laughs> um, I have a pretty strict editing clause and I always address it. I'm, I'm ultra transparent with my couples. So I, I always say, Hey, we're going to talk about this. We're, you know, I'm not hiding. There's nothing to hide. We're going to talk about cancellation fees. We're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about editing. So I'd really like to bring your attention to the editing clause. I do not Photoshop every single zit out of every single photograph right. and photoshopping a mask off of your face is time consuming. And do you want me, you know, like how do you want to spend your money? Exactly. Is basically <laughs> it. So you have to determine that on your own. Um, obviously with a vendor, if especially a venue, if they require masks from my team, Yes, I would say there's a gray area with masks because based on what I've read and based on what I've heard, you can go from lowering your masks to below your nose and not spreading particles to raising it off and on right. just to get a break so that you don't pass out. Um, I've had to wear a mask on an event, uh, a three-hour event, um, and that was pretty brutal. And I had to take breaks where I went over and just lowered my masks. But again, I hire a team member. I raise the budget just a little bit, just so that I can take breaks in and he or she can take breaks um, where we're breathing regularly somewhere else away from the event, if that's what is required to participate. Now, if I had a bride and groom say, hey, we're not wearing masks, and this is the way it is, that's fine. I think there's a gray area here. I really do. If you were to come into a wedding and everybody's getting their hair and makeup done, why, why is it not a bad idea to say, okay, for exactly two seconds or three seconds, everybody hold their breath and lower their masks. One, two, three, take the shot. Everybody put them back on. And then that's your shot. You know, like talking to your brides, seeing how we can work in and around, you know, let, let's not work around, let's work through, right. you know, let's find a way to move in and out of these new constraints. And I think moving forward on that, that's just the couple's photos. How do you see and what is your plan? And again, guidelines aside, but at some point we're going to have the guidelines and then we're going to have things that we're just going to do and we're going to implement because it's going to best serve us and our couple. So how are we going to handle the wedding parties? How are we going to handle the families? I mean, I, I just, I'm honest here. I don't want to be in the police department and be walking up going, have you guys been quarantined with each other for 14 days? If so, you can stand in this photo. I just don't want to do that. I want to take the freaking photo, document the memory and do my job. I don't want to be the quarantine police. So how are you guys going to handle moving forward with some of those and just some of your paper. Like I send a form out that says list your family members here. Um, are you going to restrict the number of family members? What are, what, are, what are you kind of thinking? And I know we're talking on our feet here, but just talking out loud plans in fact, or plans you might enforce. I probably won't enforce anything that's not enforced upon me. <laughs> um, I refuse to not surrender to my craft. I, this is something that, pulls me, I, this drives me completely. And so I feel like a lot of times your brides and your grooms and your bridal parties, they feed off your energy. Yep. If your energy is filled with fear and um, negativity and germophobia and all of these things, they're going to reflect that back and you're not going to get great images. Nope. So I would say, Hey, that's why we have a hundred millimeter lens. That's why we have 200 millimeter lenses. Praise God. You know, like that's, that's why we have the ability to social distance while we're taking pictures and then make adjustments when we have to get close 
and then when we have to get further away. Um, I'll be honest, since this thing hits, since we shut down on the 15th, I've shot two weddings and they've been elopements, you know, smaller weddings, but we were fine. Everybody was fine. We made adjustments and the amount of time I was actually within a three foot space of my bride and groom or my subject was less than two minutes right. to give instruction and then to back away. And so honestly, I don't think that the risk is that high. You just need to go in knowing that you're, you're making concessions where you can, but don't go, don't go obsessive on it. Right. And, and read the room. Like we always do, right? Read the right. room. And, and, and that's 100% kind of true. It out. Exactly. You walk in a room and you get the vibe. You walk in and know which bridesmaid's probably going to be that bridesmaid. It takes two seconds to figure out, oh, you're going to be that one. You know, and, and they get that. And, and I think if anybody is coming into this industry, and, and we know that especially photography is one of the easiest entry-level positions in the wedding industry, if you don't think for a moment now, understanding the business and the other side of your brain using the logical side, not the great. If you don't think now for a minute that there is so much more than you being able to snap a pretty photo and be a professional shutter snapper, think again. Because this is testing every single person's ability to be a business person. And I think this is going to make everybody a better business person. We're going to lose some people. We're going to you know, thin the herd, perhaps, is a, is a, is a phrase. But those that have a good business background are going to be here. We're going to be open. And think about it, guys. When we first started our weddings, we didn't know, do I go forward? Do I go up? We just have to learn one or two new things. But those that understand your cameras, those that understand the technical side, that's I'm not worrying about that now. I understand if I want to shoot by that window, this is what I'm going to get. So I don't have to think about that. I have to think about I need to be maybe a foot further away in keeping the health in my mind. I think ceremonies are going to change. What's your, what are you thinking about ceremonies? Do you think we're going to have shorter ceremonies, longer ceremonies, the distance of people sitting together? I, I know, do you have, you know, you may do a lot more church weddings versus others, but I think how long is it going to be that we have two seats here, two seats here, and we're going to need our big wide lenses to look like a thousand people came to the wedding and there was only 10, but we got to spread up, you know? So what, what's your take on that? Um, I would say the outdoors is best, right. you know, like taking advantage of the fresh air. Um, you know, if you have a little bit of space in between each person, I would say a shorter ceremony probably and shorter and smaller wedding parties are probably going to be a trend in the next six months to a year. Um, you're not going to have these 14 person, 14 brides, maids, and this insane huge weddings. Um, it's going to be a little bit more conservative. Less is more. Um, but ultimately, I think we will get back to where we were. It's just going to be a li little different and a little slower, which is okay. Baby steps. And, and, and I'm, you just have to stay malleable. You have to stay flexible. But more than anything, I would think with ceremony size and, I mean, we do church weddings and stuff like that. There aren't going to be church weddings for a while because people aren't going to church. Right. So how can you do a church wedding if the churches aren't having church? So until they figure that part out, I think it's going to be outdoor ceremonies. The weddings I have on the books in the next three weeks um, are all outdoor ceremonies and you know, I haven't, nobody's really 
giving me any standards from venues where I'm working and the brides are leading the way in terms of how they want their wedding to go. And I would say my brides are, I don't know, most brides are very determined. They do not want their guests in masks during the wedding. Even the monogrammed Um, ones that we have in the South. I don't want to be seeing a monogrammed (laughs) mask as then, and I'm telling you, we're going to see so much of that because we're in the South. It's just going to be, you know, what's the old phrase in the South? If it's, if it's standing still, it gets a monogram. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, and I mean, and I'm like you, I think that's a fun photo documents the time that we're in, but I think we were also going to its smaller weddings here. I think Nashville, you guys still get a good chunk of, of destination people. I mean, I think you have a, a good 20% of people that maybe even a little bit more now that travel down there. So I don't think people are going to be coming down there with 200 people, but I think it will change the way that weddings are seen in Nashville. It's always been a great weekend wedding destination. Go down for the weekend and party and have the whole weekend. I think that'll change. But as you said, we have to involve. We have to be the ones that are also guiding it. Let our people, let our customers, let our clients be driving. But every once in a while, put something out in their road that they have to swerve around and go, oh, okay, you were right, Sarah. Bobby, you, you know, thank you guys for bringing that back. And I think that that is where we have to lead and go. And if we're sitting here looking at what we need to do, how does it change booking weddings for 2021? And are you, or even for 2020, are you getting the calls now as things open up? Are you seeing the calls and they're picking right back up where they said, Hey, I'm wedding planning. This is what I'm going to do. And how are you moving forward with that? Um, well, I, you know, I, I went into, I went into a a mode where initially I kind of got low and I don't know about anybody else, but I want you to feel the humanity coming from me. Um, being that I've been in business for so long, I went kind of dark for like a week. I was like, I was kind of low, you know, and I think everybody had a little dip. And then I picked up my big girl panties and I said, you know what? We're not going to do this this way. I'm going to go proactive. I'm going to start, you know, cross promotion. I'm, you know, going to be active about communicating with my brides and my leads especially from my marketing platforms that I had, you know, I increased my marketing presence and my presence online big time, went in there, revamped everything, started, okay, where can I improve? How can I not be stagnant? How can I move forward? And did that, I started getting calls, right? I started getting leads. Now I will say I did have to cut my rate on a few weddings because they're so small and people aren't doing long weddings anymore. The most of the contracts I've gotten calls on are like four, maybe six hours if I'm lucky. And so I have to kind of read things a little bit and that's okay. You know, I'm used to starting over like several times in a lifetime. So, you know, I'm used to kind of overcome and adapt, right? Like, or adapt and overcome. Like you just kind of like move. It's an ever changing thing, but yes, I just booked a wedding yesterday and I'm so excited for that bride and groom, their engagements on Saturday. And, you know, I just, I can't fight the joy. I have to have the joy back. And so, you know, like I, most of my brides and grooms don't want to talk COVID. They're done. Most of us vendors don't want to talk COVID, but I feel as an avid educator that my reminding everybody and to share everybody that there is so much babble on the other side, just hang with it. But we all hit a dump. 
I mean, all of a sudden things that we knew we were doing and, and I think people forget that and uh, engaged couples are watching us and how we act. And if I say you're really, I feel the same way. I'm bubbly and positive. That's what I'm going to get. If I walk in into that cranky photographer, that's what you're going to get. You put out there what you receive. So I think people are watching us. I think vendors are watching what industry people like being a while for me, like if I'm doing that or, or I'm saying that and I keep my, my spiel has been, you're not closed. You're open. Just because you can't be doing a wedding, you should still be doing everything like you were booking and everything like you were waiting for. Be open to receive. And I think that as we move forward in this, couples start coming to us. We are going to have to shift. We're all have to go, hey, you know what? I see you don't need six weddings. If they see the value in our fees, and we don't necessarily have to you know, discount or change our fees, we just have to show value in a different way. And I, and I do think that everybody hit that bottom line. Everybody was like, oh my God, what do I do? Because our timelines, our schedules, we know what we're doing three years from now. All of a sudden it's like, you don't have anything to do, but you do. You pivoted, you made the change, you started being proactive. If couples see that you're willing to accept new couples and, and new bookings, they're going to reach out to you. Is that how you feel about social media as well? Well, in our other episode, we'll talk a little bit about it, but for here, are you talking social media on your, on your, uh, are you talking COVID on your social media? Every once in a while, do you drop a piece of education on it? But you said the same thing. Couples don't want to hear it. At what point do we stop talking about it? So I, I decided to do it one time. Um, I, on my Instagram, I, obviously I have my COVID on, uh, you know, my COVID response online on Google, Yelp, and my online presence, my website, all of that, right? That's that. I'm going to keep it there until about June 15th, and then I'm going to modify it based on what our current status is. It's an ever-changing thing. That's the online presence. On Instagram, I decided to address it one time. But I did it in a very thankful way. I really wanted to draw attention to those couples that were rescheduling and that love's not canceled and let's find the joy, find joyful photographs to post, especially I'm a big believer in going to other vendors, other photographers posting, you know, avid comments all the time, you know, hey, love this, engage, read their post, connect. Find the connection because that's where your business is going to grow. And then especially like where you are versus where I am, I had to go and find a photographer in Key West, Florida, because I had an elopement in Nashville scheduled for May 14th and they had to reschedule and they were up in arms um, communicating with me. I was brokenhearted. They were brokenhearted, but then I made a whole new friend and an amazing photographer in Key West, Florida. And she's shooting her wedding. She's shooting their wedding for me, um, probably at a lower cost to her, but at an affordable rate for me. And we're teaming up together, basically an associate co-shooter. Co um, and so, I mean, that's a whole nother market. And I wouldn't have been able to find her without, Instagram, without social media, without those, those things, just to say, Hey, how can, how can we make this work? Not just for our couples, but for our mutual businesses. And then eventually this kind of positivity is going to spread. Right. And because you didn't want to just give up on your couple, they're mm -hmm. reaching out to you and saying, this is what we're doing. Of all the couples you've had for me so far, every one of my couples, but one has went ahead and got married wherever they're quarantined again, all out of state. And then they're coming here. 
And of course, we're nixing the ceremony, all but two, so everything's shorter. So if I've made that adjustment, has that happened to you? Are people going ahead and getting married and then still having the party later? And, and how do you think you're going to deal with that in terms of moving forward? This is such an interesting question. And I've never had to do this in my entire life. It's so mind-boggling to me. But both, I have had two brides. They're getting married, smaller weddings, flying me out to wherever the wedding is. And then they're coming back to Nashville to do another wedding on their anniversary, like yep. a celebration party on their anniversary. And so I've never had this issue before. So they call me and they say, what are we going to do? How can we spread our wedding? So basically you're getting two weddings for the price of one. Uh -huh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like that's a lot of time. So I had to really evaluate and say, okay, I think that there should be a rescheduling fee and or a second, like a transfer fee, essentially a being able to, and that's what I called it. I said, there's a transfer fee. You're using this amount of hours over here. You're paying for travel, you know, all of those things in accordance with the current contract, but basically having to write an entire new contract to facilitate this odd and never before seen scenario, yep. but I've seen it twice. And then I have some brides that are on a different budget that are with an associate photographer. They're already assigned to an associate photographer, so they're not on my budget. They're on my associate photographer's budget, which is a lot lower. And that associate photographer can't meet the contract, so I'm having to fill the slot and figure out that way. So it is, it is such an interesting and different time, and I don't think we're going to see another time like this in our future. But wow, what an opportunity to grow our brains, to grow our contracts, to grow ourselves, to see beyond the, the comfort. Because when we get comfortable, right, mm -hmm. that's, that's not growing. If we're not, if we're not comfortable, if we're uncomfortable and we're constantly moving and adjusting, that means we're growing. We're not stagnant. Exactly. So embrace the change. If I've learned anything with my husband celebrates 20 years in the military on Tuesday. 20 years of service. If I've learned anything as being a military wife, it is change is inevitable. Embrace it and make it beautiful. Right. And make it work and be of service in doing it with a gracious heart. And I mean, that is, I think that that is the key here is they don't know what they're doing either. And somebody says, well, look, we just want to go ahead and get married because grandma's here. She's not going to be traveling. But this split wedding thing is becoming very popular in destination markets. Uh, it's very huge for us where people are going, I'm doing that. I want to come back for a year later. And how, what's the take on that? Because we'll talk about this in another episode too, but for this specific space, Sarah, it's, I want you to explain from your terms instead of coming from me, when we rebook that wedding for another date, we have lost income on that new date that we could have had income coming. Take aside, you have team members and everything, but this is how a business owner has to take care of their business. You have to step in and fill in when somebody can't. It's a blow to our finances. It's a blow to our income. But we always have to put our customers there in order to keep growing. So how are you, how are you thinking a change will be in place? And I, I didn't want to dwell too much on contracts because I promise that we're not lawyers, financial advisors, nor do we have a crystal ball. Sarah and I are just giving you what we've been doing for years. But how are you going to deal that going forward? Now, when somebody wants to come in, come into 2021 and booking, are there changes in your contract? Should this happen again and become a normal? So yeah, there are major changes in my contract. Um, 
and if they have to do it, there's a split wedding clause now. And there's a fee associated with it based on hours, based on travel, based on location. Um, and basically what I do is I average cost wedding for me. And I, I, I split that based on an hourly rate. So I say my average cost of wedding is $5,000 for a six hour to eight hour wedding, depending on the day, right? So then I split that and I divide it into an hourly rate and then there's a transfer fee. So basically you're getting, you're getting a small, you're getting a discounted rate, but at the same time, you're getting two weddings for a better price. Right. And I'm still recouping some funds because, and that's what I had to explain to my brides. And they were like, wait a second, it's COVID, it's COVID. And I said, no, it's choice, it's choice. <laughs> you know, you are choosing to do this and I am choosing to work with you. So you can choose to hire a whole nother photographer for that date, or you can choose to stay with me, which I recommend because we've been working together and we're going to continue to work together. And I'm going to make this work for you and your budget. But guess what? You've got a whole extra year to plan and budget and set aside funds to prepare for this investment. So let me make it easier on you. Let's figure out a way. Let's do monthly payments. Let's do, you know, every three months, you have to drop that contract or if they miss a payment, there's a consequence. If anything I've learned from my attorney, always write in a consequence to your contract. You can write whatever you want as the rule, but if there's no consequence, there's right. no outcome then there's nothing to enforce. So be very particular about the language that you use uh, in your contract. Again, I am not a lawyer. I just have a great one. And, you know, I do not have a ball. And I am not, yeah, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but, but it goes to the fact that the couples, and a lot of it is, it is so, they're getting their information from so many places. They go, this magazine says this, or this wedding online service says this. And every single person is coming going, it's not my fault. I want a full refund. I'm, I'm just, I'm canceling. Well, okay, you're canceling. You're canceling. COVID has prevented me from doing something right now. And yes, everybody, you need to have state, local, and federal law clauses in your, in your force majeure and separate. I'm in hurricane location. I have all those, but I have a specific hurricane clause to protect me no matter what, you have to be there. If we don't enforce the contract, what's good? To, it's just a piece of paper. And I am heartbroken at the number of vendors that I see that are just writing refund checks and are going to go belly up because they're not holding forceful. Yet they're so afraid of a bad review. They're so afraid about somebody writing something bad. I mean, I think we're all going to have the chance to defend ourselves. And, and I want to be honest here, Sarah, you, we've been around enough times. I think when couples look back in a couple years and they go and look at you and I, and if we have 75 bad reviews or two stars, not that we do, they're going to go, oh, I see it's COVID. And they're going to move on. They're not even going to realize, okay, this is all the same time, but here's 200 room for reviews. Here's what people are saying. They're always busy. Look at their Instagram. Obviously everybody believes them and trusts them. That's somebody being angry. And I don't think it's fair to us as business owners. And we have to put our business hats on, but I always say, leave with your heart, leave with empathy, but we have to put our business hats on. And I love the fact that you're saying, even your couples are saying, Hey, look, not my fault, but you came up with a solution and it's their choice to leave. They're going to leave money on the table either way. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. Well, you're 
I'm, I'm going to leave money on the table. Right. I have a specific scenario where I have, I've had to engage on a legal front and, and it's not through the courts, right. it's just through communication and I compromised, but I will always compromise and, and I will always compromise. Even if I take a lesser rate, you know, even if I, even if contractually I'm entitled to thousands of dollars, right. I will still compromise at a lower rate. And this is the thing, stay, stay on the receiving end. Like you were saying, Bobby, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, staying receiving it in the gracious end and, and have, and have a forgiving and loving heart, but be very transparent. This isn't just, you know, this is a business. This is my livelihood. Right. This isn't a hobby. Right. You know, and your contract included a videographer. It included an intern. It right. included a second photographer. So you've got four people's lives that you are canceling. Four people's lives that you are bailing on. And all of these people depended on, you know, money and had subcontracts with my company. So not only your your the domino effect has caused a mutual cancellation of several people's situations and and you need to take some sort of responsibility for that and ultimately that's what I feel like this our society is lacking is responsibility in an ownership but when we take responsibility we take back control we control the dialogue we control the situation we take ownership of our part and then they hopefully in lead with our lead take ownership of their part and they say okay then we have hope of reconciliation so I have a joyful, a joyful thing came out of that, which was an NDA. An NDA is a non-disparagement agreement. I highly recommend everyone looking into that because it's not something, it's not something that should be in every contract. And, and if it is, it should be very specific terms because, you know, everyone has a right to free speech and everyone has the right, right to express how they feel, especially about the work. But I feel like, our clients and the public have this, you know, no holds bar on how they can literally bring someone down based on a bad mood and, or a situation. And it is, and it, the balance of power is completely out, out of, out of context. And so I think NDAs, non, not non-disclosure, non-disparagement. So they don't get a free reign to completely annihilate you on social media or on any kind of review base that's unwarranted. You know, oh, I was my second cousin twice removed at some wedding and I don't like the way you looked at me sideways or I don't like this photograph because you wouldn't Photoshop 10 pounds off my butt. You know, I'm sorry I'm being a little candid, but, no. um, <laughs> and a little real, you know, like, you, you have to kind of, you can't please everyone, but when it comes to this issue, like find a way to compromise, find a way to meet them halfway or even a third of the way, but then have it terms. Terms, are the, it's the best word in the entire universe, terms. If you're going to have compromise, make sure the terms of that compromise are pleasing to both parties. And so don't be afraid to say, listen, please take the review down please take the review down or we're going to have to have another conversation. Don't be afraid to stand up for your business and stand up for yourself. Right. And we have to, because that's the thing, because people come and if we want to offer a reduced rate, I want, you know, people love to inflate what they pay for us. But then when something like this happens, cause they don't, Susie doesn't want to know, Oh my gosh, I paid Bobby $5,000. I paid Bobby $7,000. She is so worth it. You know, but when it comes to things like this, Nobody wants, they all want to go, oh my God, I got her down to this, this, and this. I don't need you doing that. I compromise with you. In turn, let's, we don't need to advertise that. 
I made a concession. We agreed that we're moving forward for the greater good of all of us. We have, I've invested in you. You've invested in me. Here's the trust factor. I don't need you typing it somewhere. If you go tell somebody one thing, that's hearsay. I don't maybe see it, but I don't want to see this wrote up an article on Facebook. Oh my God, I'm so glad I stayed with Bobby. She discounted me a thousand bucks. Yay. I don't need to see that. And I think that that goes all the time anywhere, even when we're not in a situation like this. If you respect your couples and you do something for them, they'll throw that respect back on you. And I don't think you and I probably attract, I say this with all grace, you, what you put out there is what you attract and you will get the kind of couples that respect your time and your talent and know that it's a business and not a hobby. And I think that goes a long way. So as we move forward, what are, what have you learned the most about COVID and what do you think been some of the hardest lessons about COVID being a wedding photographer in the wedding industry in Nashville, Tennessee? I've learned that, well, like I said before, change is inevitable and that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't operate in terms of this is never going to happen again. You know, it's almost like we, we were on this momentum. We had this momentum of, you know, success and joy. And then all of a sudden now our economy, our, everything has taken a back seat and Nashville got a double hit. Um, and you know, we, it, it was, it was heartbreaking. And then, and then, and then we got slapped in the face. So I would say if I've learned anything about COVID is that expect the unexpected and be ready for it. And you could ironclad your contract and then, and then something could still happen. So, you know, don't be comfortable and don't stay stagnant, you know, but also don't give in to fear and find a way to use your craft to where you have that balance of joy and business at the same time. Um, and I would say moving forward, um, you know, I hope the COVID conversation and the COVID cards stop playing. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful. And I feel like Nashville is hopeful. Everywhere I look, people are looking for joy. And we are the bringers of joy. If we can't hug everybody in the room and we walk into the room, we give air hugs. Right. We give fist bumps and elbow bumps where we can. And you have a choice at every single turn in your business. And I would say choose joy. And we will wrap up on that. That is a perspective, a conversation from the view of a photographer, a very talented photographer. So everybody, I remind everybody here, show notes. Tina will link back to show notes so you'll be able to get back to Sarah. I'm sure that she's a lot like me. You can reach out. She's very helpful. We all want everybody to succeed in this industry by raising them up. So Sarah, I cannot thank you for your time, your education, your insight. I think it's going to be very helpful. I know very helpful to everybody, no matter what market you're in, to hear from a seasoned photographer and the adjustment they've had to make. So thank you, Sarah, for ending with us joy and bringing us joy in this conversation. I appreciate and respect you so well. Thank you so much. Everybody, have a great weekend. Keep working. You're open. Keep serving your couples. Keep serving yourselves. Keep working on ways to improve the industry. And together, we will raise each other up. Everybody have a great week. Until next time. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe 
and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there'll be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be fabulous.